I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am joined once again by my man, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What is up, buddy? Oh, you know, I'm just trying not to uh, blow away here with the uh, the Nor'easter we have going on here in New England with high winds and rain and all that all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's nice. Sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, well, when you weigh, you know, 80 pounds soaking wet, you can get blown away pretty quickly. <laughs> You're like that gif where it's like, it's just rain and the guy's flying across the screen. Like he's the weatherman. It's just that bad. Yeah, exactly. It's that, that guy that's like out there, like waving the flag, like trying to fight the wind. Yeah, man. What the hell is going on? Right. But you know what, man? You have a victory Tuesday. I do not because your Patriots mm. dismantled the New York Jets. And see, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to start the show off with your Patriots. Well, we don't have to dive in too deep because that's because you had a bye week. Of course, we're <laughs> going to start off with my team. You see why you got it? I'm trying to be nice here, man. Come on. This is me giving you an olive branch and you spitting in my face. I mean, it's. I appreciate the olive branch, but it would have been a better olive branch if like your team had actually played and lost the game. But you know me too well. To be fair, yes, my team won all but against the, the lowly New York Jets who didn't even have Zach Wilson for a full game because he injured his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a great win. Uh, Damian Harris, man, has oh. been an absolute stud. For this team, I believe he is like top two or top three in most 20 yard rushes. Mm. I mean, and also most hundred yard rushing games. I mean, he has been for, for, for a team that doesn't like to really showcase a workhorse. He has been that for the new England Patriots this year. Oh, it's been absolutely incredible, man. And again, I get it. It's it's the New York Jets. But, you know, when you want to see your team progress in the right direction, it's against the lowly teams. You want to see them blow them out. And, and like you guys hit the nail on the head on like every single drive. Mac Money Jones looked good. I mean, Hunter Henry again getting in the mix. A little bit of John. I'm so disappointed in this man. It was national tight end day. And you think he would have at least caught someone a touchdown. But he belongs on the waiver where he belongs. He does. And you don't hey, even Brian Hoyer. See, got some action. Okay, <laughs> that's that's how good of a day it was for that's the when you know it's a good day when Brian Hoyer's tossing balls at the end of the game. I think that's a very good day. But you, oh man, you know what? I almost forgot before we continue. We screwed up royally, man. Last week's show was sixty nine, and there would have been like a uh, good five minutes of joking around about that, and now we can't do it because now it's episode seventy. Can you believe how we're, man? We're losing it. We're we're missing a step. On behalf of, of Chaus, I would like to formally apologize to Headliner Nation Seriously. for our our lack of of just social awareness when it comes to making hilarious jokes about particular numbers. And we dropped the ball. Okay, you guys, we're gonna we're we're not gonna we will not make that mistake again. You know, um, when we do show 169, we're gonna. We're going to come back tenfold. Yeah, man. It's going to be like Comedy Central, man. We'll just bring it out, man. Unbelievable, man. We What a blunder. 69. It was like the Gronk jokes, you know, like sexual joke. Man, what are we doing? I think, I think you, know you know, we're just, we're lost, man. You know, you know what it was? Or what I think it is, is on Twitter, um, there, there are certain accounts on Twitter that just love to make jokes about the number 69. Male and female, like they both. I've seen accounts from both sides that make these jokes mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like, all right, guys, it's getting old. You need to come up with some new material. And, but we don't do that. So for us to have been able to really just hit the nail on the head 
and drive home that number 69 would have been just gold it would have been gold man who doesn't love 69 but hey we'll end it on that note and we'll talk about a team who isn't celebrating 69s and that is the kansas city chiefs they lose mm. to the Tennessee Titans, dude, 27 to three. And there's a reason why I'm bringing this up, because literally we have talked about the Chiefs the last few weeks and we're saying, you know, they've been figured out. And, and, and literally, man, this this looks more than figured out. This looks like they're completely lost. They're dysfunctional. The dropped passes, the constant interceptions from Patrick Mahomes, the defense can't stop a cold. I mean, we haven't seen the Chiefs look this bad since like ever since Mahomes took over. And I, I and like I'm saying, I mean, this to me now looks more than just being figured out. They got some legitimate problems on this team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that, you know, Two, not this this week, but the, the previous week, Mahomes had what 200 passing yards and zero touchdowns, two interceptions through the first half. You know, same thing again this week, except he never really did get it going this week against Tennessee. And this whole revamped, sort you know, supposedly improved offensive line has just absolutely failed him so far this this season. I mean, through the last two games, he's been sacked like seven or eight times already. He's not making the right throws. Yeah, he's getting the yardage that he needs. You know, he's making it up in the second half for the most part. But I mean, there's way too much talent in this offense. And Tennessee's defense is not as good as what we saw on Sunday. Okay, let's let's get that out of the way right now. They just played out of their absolute minds. Yeah, man, they picked up where they left off with the Buffalo Bills game on that defensive front, and and yeah. all that pressure was just coming, and that's that's uh, curing their inadequacy on the back end. But Jesus, man, you see Mahomes, he's forcing the issue on every play now. Tyreek is he's dropping balls. Like, how many times do you see him double catch the ball? Kelsey's obviously not fully healthy, and he's not looking like himself. But Jesus, man, the this this team looks in disarray. I mean, when Mahomes, like again, he's playing stupid, in my opinion. Like when he took that massive hit on the way down, like. I get it. You're trying to do too much um, because your team is not playing well. Simplify everything. I think it's time to go back to basics. Simplify everything you've been doing. And because, and okay, what makes Kansas City great is the Patrick Mahomes. Oh, God, did he just make that throw, you know, across the middle, you know, rolling to the left? Like, we get it. But I mean, now you, you have issues beyond issues. Okay. Like, okay. The uh, Gordon signing has done nothing. We knew it wasn't going to do anything. You have no supportive piece. Is it really uh, Sammy Watkins miss that much on this team? I don't think so. I just, I think that they are trying to force the issue too much, to be honest with you. I think they're trying to, you know, blow teams out every single game and they're trying to get that home run ball as quickly as they possibly can. And it's just when they don't get it, they don't really know what to do because it's like they don't know how to play small ball. You know, it's all or nothing with this team. And that's what we've been seeing from them so far this season. Like, last few seasons it's worked it's been beautiful for them but when and now when it doesn't work it's like okay what do we do now we have no plan b you know so what's the outlook for this team moving forward i mean literally missing the playoffs is a very big possibility now with other teams you know starting to rise well i mean and especially in the division that they're playing in yeah denver's got the same record as the chiefs you know but they have jerry judy coming back i think they're going to be okay as long as they keep giving javante williams the ball the defense is going to be fine there in denver you have the chargers who are still playing well you have the raiders who are just overachieving above everybody's expectations right now mm -hmm. i mean this division right now is so competitive where absolutely i mean there's no question that if the chiefs don't turn things around soon because we are almost halfway through the season now 
I mean, this is a team that very well could miss the playoffs. I don't think that they will. I think they will sneak in, but they need to figure stuff out and they need to do it quickly because right now when you're giving up over 200 points as a defense and your offense isn't supporting that where they have in the past, that's when you have issues. It's 100% truth, and I'm just trying to pull up their schedule right now for what's remaining. So it's the Giants, the Packers, Vegas, Dallas, Denver, Vegas, Chargers, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Denver. So this shit doesn't get any easier. And and especially with the ascendance of uh, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, like you said, you know, you have division games littered all over this. You got Vegas twice. You got Denver twice. I think I'm missing. No, I'm not missing one here. And, and the Chargers one yeah, more the Raiders, time. So, the, Ra- the Raiders twice. Chargers once and then Denver twice. So you basically have all your division games still here. You've only played the Chargers once. Yeah. That's going to tell the tale. So even if they're losing, like they're going to have to beat the Giants. Okay, the uh, up against the Packers. I mean, as they're playing today, we can call that a loss. Going up against Dallas, we can call that a loss because the way that they're playing. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, I mean, that's a debatable contest. And then maybe split between uh, Denver, Vegas, and maybe lose to the Chargers. That's how I see it going down right now. And and that would put them out of the playoff picture, man. That's insane. Yeah, this has got to be one of the toughest non-division schedules that they have for the rest of the season of any team that I've seen so far. I mean, this is not an easy remaining schedule. And for them to finish under 500, yeah, that's absolutely room possibilities. Yeah, man. If they don't clean it up, they're going to be on their way out, and that's just not good. Look for two-time... Super Bowl appearances, I guess, is how I want. I wanted to say it better. I just I couldn't think of anything, man. You're supposed to be my well, I mean, support you, guy. You, you can't say winner because, well, that didn't happen. That so, didn't yeah. Happen. So, so, <laughs> so, I mean, you know what you can call them? You can call them the halfway Buffalo Bills right now. Oh, man. You know, last time I start a bloody show with a victory <laughs> lap for your Patriots, you bastard. Hey, we don't know how many more of those I'm going to have. It's so I'm gonna truth. It. And that's the last one you're getting, even if you win one more game, you <laughs> bastard. Cleveland Browns, man, Thursday night football. So here we go. This is a massive topic, and I get it. It's already how many days ago? Five, six days ago. Great question is because I did not expect that Thursday night contest to go the way it did. The Broncos literally didn't show up. I'm calling that a rig bullshit by Vegas because they want to take everybody's money. Because literally the first, I'm going to say first off for the Denver Broncos, the first half, man, four possessions, punt, punt, inty, punt. Four bloody possessions in the first half of a football game. I have never seen a team uh, less enthusiastic, less prepared than I've seen with the Denver Mm. Broncos. But nevertheless, okay, the Johnson boy, he had himself a day. Not going to take that away from him, right? But my question, my question is, and, and I've been thinking about this since that Thursday night game, is do the Browns pay Baker Mayfield after watching that contest? And I get it. Sure, it was Denver. They were playing like trash. But is Baker Mayfield, is the system greater than Baker Mayfield? Yep. Whoa. And I say say that because I saw a report saying that he could be getting up up around $30 million a year. Okay. Mm. Baker Mayfield's not worth $30 million a year. Now, am I saying that Case Keenum is the answer? No. Did Case Keenum look good? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He made the right decisions. He didn't make a lot of big mistakes. You have a phenomenal running game, you know, outside of Chubb and Cream Hunt. You had Dearness Johnson, who looked phenomenal against a very good Denver Broncos defense. And so I think that this system that Kevin Stefanski has instilled into this team can win without Baker Mayfield. 
That's an interesting comment, right? Because we saw it. So even if, so if Baker, here's the thing. It's a, it's one game. So it's revenge. It was revenge game for Case Keenum going up against Denver. It was. So, so we'll put it that way. I mean, Dearness Johnson, you know, these, these youngsters that, you know, get an opportunity, you want to see them take advantage. He took full advantage. So let's say that was the anomaly. Now we get into this week, and I, I'm almost hoping Baker doesn't play so this theory can be put to test because mm-hmm. – if Baker, who the hell is Green Bay or uh, Cleveland playing this week? By the way, I don't think I have that in front of me. All right, so so uh, Cleveland is going to be playing the Steelers at home. Perfect. So if so that's they, a good test, perfect. That's the great test. So if if Keenum starts, okay, Nick Chubb is back, so that's a little bit more of help and theory for the system anyway. If they win, if they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have a great defense themselves. Man, this how can okay Baker may they said they want to pay Baker Mayfield thirty million dollars or willing to pay him, but that's clearly not Josh Allen or, or Patrick Mahomes money. But that's too much, man. Especially if this team can win without him, system quote unquote. I agree. I think I think Baker Mayfield. I could see him getting paid twenty to twenty two million a year. You know, and I'm I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve that kind of money based off of one game. I'm saying he doesn't deserve that kind of money because what I've seen from him throughout his career so far with Cleveland, he has been the only option. You know, we haven't seen other quarterbacks come in and win games, you know, during that span, really, because Baker has been really good about staying healthy, but he hasn't been able to get them over the hump. He's had so much talent around him and he hasn't been able to really get the job done. They've had a great defense. I think the coaching staff that they have now in place is the right staff that this team needs. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think that the money could be spent elsewhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a great argument. I mean, Case Keenum's getting paid 18 mil and Hey man, if he gets some role in uh, man, the Cleveland Browns fans, uh, th- this will be a disarray because if Baker goes somewhere else and actually thrives, then you got to think was his shackles on too tight in this system too. That, that's very true, you know, and it'd be interesting to see. We've seen it with other other players before, you know, going from one system to another and they thrive in that new system. You know, maybe the grass is greener on the other side, but with with Baker, I don't I don't know. And I can't say I want to say that I don't think that it would be different. But again, I'd be it would be lazy of me to say so just because we haven't seen him anywhere else in the NFL. That's truth. And I mean, for me, you know what I would do with Baker in his contract? I'd give him a two year deal. And I'd be like, it's a prove it. Oh, I thought you were going to say you'd poop on it, but okay. <laughs> well, I'm feeling dangerous, man. Don't you know? I'm feeling dangerous. I mean, if, maybe if you have too much caffeine, then yeah, maybe your butthole's yeah. feeling a little dangerous. You're going to poop right over that contract. Taco Tuesdays and beer, it's dangerous on that 100%. But I mean, that's what I would do. I'd be I'd be two, two years yeah. two years at like 25 to 30 and have an opt-out. I mean, it doesn't kill you. And, and at least you can get out, hopefully, after the if the contract is done right after the second year. I mean, shit, man. I don't even. I still don't even know what I saw on that Thursday night game. I was, I was just baffled at what I was watching. I mean, what I saw was Dearness Johnson just tear it up in the first half, continue it in the second half. I mean, Case Keenum, you know, he he did what he needed to do to help win, help them win that game. You know, he didn't he didn't make the big mistake. Um, you know, we saw lots of Jarvis Landry. Odell was just, eh, he was kind of there. Um, but but it was really just that that game managing kind of opportunity that we saw from Keenum, and then of course the defense just stepped in and played really really well. Yeah, man, they they took it to him and say lovey. How about your boy Tom Brady, man? So he throws. <laughs> this is the big news right now. He throws that six hundred touchdown, 
And he Mike does. Evans decides to just, you know, give the ball to a fan. And he, you know, he thought he was going to be a good guy. And he goes, gives it to the fan. And the fan is like, yes, I just got a $500,000 football. He didn't even know. You had because- one job, Mike. You had one job, Mike. You had that was one, one job, dude. Hold the damn ball. So the debate has been, I've seen in many, many circles talking about this. And, and you know, some people are saying, uh, and I, we were kidding. I was joking. I was like, I'm going to hold out for 250000 because, you know, give me half of what it's uh, actually worth and, and we're good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's funny because the debate goes both ways. I'm, I'm indifferent. I, I could care less because it didn't happen to me. So I don't have the decision to make. But I've seen people argue it both ways saying, oh, it's too much greed. That's a, that's a that's a big football for you know a, a guy you're going to cheer for a team that you cheer for would you have held out for more or were you like you know, a lot of people are saying that's life-changing money he should have held yeah. it re- renegotiated etc so so that ball was pretty much valued at like 500k all right and for our listeners who haven't seen this yet the gentleman who mike evans gave the ball to um he agreed to for compensation two autographed Tom Brady, Tom Brady jerseys, an autographed helmet, a Mike Evans autographed jersey, and the game-worn cleats that he had autographed, uh, two season tickets for the remainder of this year's games and all of next year's games, along with a $1,000 credit to the team's pro shop, and I believe one Bitcoin. I think he also tried yes. to negotiate one Bitcoin, and then Gronk came in and said, oh, I'll give you X number of dollars in my cryptocurrency thing as well. So I think that's a lot. I mean, is it is it is all that valued at $500,000? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I think that that was good in good faith of the fan thing. You know what? Hey, I'm going to give you the ball back and I'm going to get a little something, something in return. Yeah, you know, it's funny because. All of that came after the fact too. So it's like when he gave the ball back, I think he was just guaranteed that thousand bucks. And then, and that was it. And he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, here you go. Here's the football. And I was like, damn, man. Like I, I get, I'm, I'm, I try to be a good person too. I really do. But man, you're giving, mm-hmm. you're giving a, a half a million dollar ball away for a thousand bucks. You got to rethink some shit, man, because that money could do a lot of good in your life. But anyway, I'm not trying to be greedy. And and the thing is that Bitcoin, I think they stepped up and they understood. And, and that's where I think this story should be told. Not the potential greed of an individual, but how both of these individuals stepped up. Because I'm a man of God. I, I believe in God. I love everything. I want to help people, etc. I think this was the utmost what we don't see in society today. The guy gave the football back for only guaranteed a thousand bucks. That is massive humbleness and uh, graciousness towards your men. I love it. Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now you say Gr- uh, Gronkowski come out and they mm-hmm. start giving him a lot of stuff. That Bitcoin he gave is worth sixty nine thousand bucks. Apparently, there's that number sixty nine again. So boom, boom, baby. See, we're making up for it, but, but see what I'm saying? So on top of that, they realized as a, as an organization, Tom Brady realized as a, as a human Gronk, he realizes as a human too, this guy did a very noble thing. And I think that's the lesson that should be taught here because even in my, my self greed and saying I would have held out for more money too. This is where we need to be as a society. And that's why I bring this whole topic up because I freaking loved how the whole thing ended up because if Tampa Bay didn't step up to the plate, then we have the argument to say, you cheap bastards, give the guy something, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. And the only stipulation I would have had is I would have wanted to personally hand Tom Brady that football. Mm. Like that's the only thing I would have added on top of this. Like, I listen, 
yep, he gets the ball, but I want to be the one that hands it to him. You would have been hugging him for like an hour. They wouldn't let you in after, man. Oh, I would have had a restraining order against me. That's not That's not even, a, a, yeah. It's not even a question. I understand. <sighs> but see what I'm saying? Let's spread the positivity. You know, everybody, you don't have to be greedy. You know, if you're, if you're humble and you give stuff away, you know, things will come back to you. That's just the, the universe. If you don't believe in God, that's the universe circling uh, around everything and making things correct. That's right. It's called karma. What goes around comes around. There you go. Speaking of that Tampa Bay game, we got to talk about Chicago because, oh God, oh my, oh my God, man! Like I'm, I'm at a loss for freaking words at this point. Okay, uh, Justin Fields looked bad again. I mean, I get it; they simplified the offense, but I mean that offensive line versus the defensive line. Okay, fine. I will, I will call that you know a push for me to evaluate Fields because I mean it's only what his third game. But the secondary, you think that they were able to get through, but I'm going about Allen Robinson and. This is my conundrum is how I was watching that game. He's not separating. The effort is completely low and garbage from how, and I'm not trying to put him down because he's a professional athlete and I'm sure he gives it his best every time, but this is not the Allen Robinson that we know. And, and when you mm-hmm. dissect his film, his separation is not even close to what it used to be. And what we're used to, I guess I should say, was this, could this be this theory be feasible? Was this his knowing that he wants out of Chicago last year? They franchise tag him. He's forced to sign the tag, plays for that 17 million or whatever it is. And now his poor play is a byproduct for them not to tag him again this offseason. I mean, I don't want to say that he's dogging it on purpose, but I will I will say this. Um, out of all eligible NFL receivers so far, he has the lowest lowest separation rate of any wide receiver in the NFL. Okay. At like 1.6, yards, I believe it is. Mm. And when you go back to what he did last year, granted he wasn't, you know, top, top 10 or anything, but he was getting a much better separation off the line of scrimmage than what he's been doing this year. And that's kind of scary because we all just thought that he was going to take that next step forward this year, you know, because he is such a great athlete. See, and I didn't even look at the numbers. This is just my film study. This is me watching the games. This is me going back, looking at you, bring out the stats to confirm that. See how this works. Analytics and film study. They coexist like 69s do. Wow. You are, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say you're trying to force the 69 in there. You know, sometimes you just have to let it happen. You know, let, let one end be on one side and the other end be on the other side. And then just let them come together in perfect harmony, like a 69. Boom. See what I'm saying? We're making up for this beautifully, man. I love it all day long, but it's true. (laughs) It's so true, man. Like I get it. This, I, I honestly do believe that he's dogging it. And, and, and it's not to say anything other than he just wants to get the hell out of Chicago. And I don't fault him for it. It's not a player that, you know, got a huge contract and now he's dogging it. Cause we've seen that play fall off for guys too. And I'm again, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know this for certain. I don't know Allen Robinson as a person individually, but man, this shit doesn't lie, man. Tape doesn't lie. When you're seeing the effort that's not being put out there, when you know, he gets it, man. The team is on a rebuild. They're likely going to have a new coach next year. Why the hell does he want to put his body at injury risk when he's a free agent playing on the tag? This is why NFL players hate being tagged, man. Oh, absolutely. They do. I mean, and the one thing that really is kind of surprising with, with Robinson is so if you look at what he did last season for the bears, okay. 
and you're looking at like contested catches, you know, someone who maybe doesn't generate a lot of separation. Um, you can go back to, you know, the New England Patriots and kill Harry, you know, guy that doesn't create a lot of separation, but he does catch a lot of, uh, of contested catches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last season, Allen Robinson had a better separation rate and caught 43% of his contested catches. He had 21 contested catches against 49 contested uh, targets. Okay. This year, 34% for his contested catches. He only has five out of the 14 times he's been targeted mm. with that, con- with, with him being contested that way. And the fact that he's creating less separation off the line of scrimmage, that's just a complete red flag for me. And his drop percentage is way, way up from what it was last season. So, and, and all valid arguments to what I'm saying. So then I'll play devil's advocate on my own theory. Because how does this help Allen Robinson in the open market? That's going to be how everyone's going to say, well, you know, he's dogging it. You're going to say he's dogging it. You're questioning the man's effort and integrity, but then he's going to lose out on dollars on the open market. See how I do myself, man? Like I'm, I'm totally negating my own argument. But I mean, I think it's justified here. I think that someone will pay him on the open market. Oh, yeah. Th- right. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't I think he understands what his value is. So if he shaves off five, ten million dollars off a, a six year deal or a five year deal, he's going to say, who cares? I just got 17 for doing nothing this year. Oh, you kidding me? I mean, with somebody that's still in his, you know, what, late 20s, you know, someone that still has a handful of years of great production ahead of him. I mean, I don't see why why he isn't going to be getting paid because. I mean, let's let, let's let's be honest here. Um, this is, you know, for him to get paid what he's probably going to get paid. Let's also keep in mind that I believe it was the Broncos that paid Brock Osweiler thirty seven million dollars. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure Allen Robinson is going to get paid regardless of what happens on the field this year. Perfect. So my argument is feasible and it still holds credit. I love it. He's absolutely droppable at this point in fantasy, I would assume. Yeah, because if you try to trade him, you're not going to get much for him. Um, if you think that there's, you know, and especially like if you're, if you're, if you're in a fight to try to make the playoffs right now, I know it's still we're not halfway through the year yet. But if you're one in five, you know, uh, or or two in two and five, one in six or something like that, yeah, I think it's worth just dropping him and just you know trying to find something else that can give you a little bit of a spark. If you're in first or second place right now, you can let him sit on your bench and hope that something happens, but. For for me personally, if I'm trying to fight for a playoff spot in my league, I'm dropping him and I'm picking somebody else that can help me out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't hate it, man. The argument is there. And, oh, Mr. Allen Robinson, the reason why I'm so angry with this entire situation is because I have too many shares of him this year and he's fucking me over every single place. It sucks. You know what? I'm And I'm not trying to, but I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here. Toot it. Um when you and I were going over, you and I were on the pod and we were playing dynasty games right? and we were going over our rankings for dynasty rankings for wide receivers. And you were flabbergasted at how low I had Allen Robinson on my rankings. Cause you had him much higher than I did. I remember. Same. I remember. Yep. Chris, Chris Kennedy was correct. I was wrong. So there you happy. Oh, now? And I'm going to drink to that. Cause it feels good. So, uh, bitch you know is there times i call you out like that on this show 
Oh, yeah, when you owe me beer for uh, Mac Money Jones. You son of a bitch. That was like seven weeks ago. Go fuck, <laughs> Go fuck yourself. How about that one? <laughs> I it. love it. I love well played. It. They were well good. Played. Now we're friends again. Trade talks, man. They're heating up as I'm a trade deadline is coming. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying, man. You know, this is fun. We're having a good time today. <laughs> I got to put my cup on. I'm scared now. Trade talks, baby. Tua. Tua and Watson, man. Their names are oh, being yeah. flown all over the place. And this is important because... Okay, how many players do you guys have for the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Carolina Panthers? This is all the teams that are kind of the Houston uh, Texans. I almost said Houston Oilers. Holy man, I'm old. I'm dating myself here, man. Holy shit. But this is huge, man. So the Tua trade is interesting to me. The, The fact that they're even discussing this. Would you, as a general, we'll start with Miami just so we don't get confused because, I mean, there's a lot going on here. And um, if if you're Miami, would you really pack it in on Tua? And this is what I can't stand because Miami hasn't had a legitimate quarterback since Dan Marino. And we're talking, this is a long freaking time ago. Some of the listeners likely aren't even born that don't even haven't seen Dan Marino play. And and this is the thing. That's a very, what when did he retire? 97, I want to say 98. Yeah, I think so. Something like that, right? So, I mean, I had the privilege of watching Dan Marino play. He was a fantastic quarterback, but it's been a very long time. They have been in QB purgatory forever, man. Missing out on Drew Brees, always making the wrong decision, uh, Dante Culpepper and company. Why are you trading and thinking about trading Tua at this point if you think, okay, fine, skill-wise, Watson is an upgrade, but with all his legal troubles, like, seriously, you would take that bag of shit sprinkle it with more shit, bring it to your team and give two away who seems to be a classy dude who's working out his, his problems. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he threw four touchdowns. Yeah. He threw two picks last week, but he's working out his shit. He hasn't even played a full season yet. Like what's with the automatic, just get the hell out of my team. If you're not producing within five games. And the problem for me though, is the fact that they're talking about this right now, you know, like they're, they're visit they're, you know, publicly talking about moving to a, mm. so, I mean, what is that going to do for the kid's confidence? You know, you already messed with that last year by playing the whole carousel game with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now Goodell's coming out and he's saying, well, you know, we don't have enough information right now to put Deshaun Watson on the exempt list. So, and Miami's come out and said, we're not going to make a trade, you know, until the legal situation is, is all cleared up. Well, best of luck with that because who knows how long it's going to take for that to actually happen. So is a deal going to get done this season? I don't know, because I think it's all going to depend on this legal situation. And we haven't heard anything about this for months now. So who knows what the hell is going to happen? So if I'm Miami, you spent that high draft capital on Tua for a reason. He's healthy. He's been playing so much better. He keeps getting better and better. You know, the more experience that he gets, you have the weapons around him, like just stick it out, man. Because like you said, you know, you don't know what kind of, you know, wild card you're going to get with Deshaun Watson as far as, you know, what might happen outside of football. You know, and it's a great point because I I, I don't want to say that my bills are like a magnificent coaching staff, but at, at, in this department, the way they handled Josh Allen was absolutely magnificent because look, yeah. he's, he wasn't that good in his first year. 
but they gave him time to grow. They gave him the tools. Look, year over year over year, they continue to give him more weapons around him. Yes, Tua has a plethora. No doubt, man. The options are there. Like, is, is his running back room high end? I don't. I still don't think so. I'm not a huge fan of Gaskin. But he's got wide receivers. He's got a tight end. The offensive line is decent. The defense is decently good. You're building, okay? He hasn't even played 16 games yet, and you're already sitting here saying, no, I'm done. I'm going to go trade for a potential violator of women, and and we're going to go in that direction. What the hell is wrong with your thought process? And if you do that, I'm almost rooting against you. I hope it goes the wrong way. But only that, not only are you giving up Tua, but you're probably also going to be giving up a couple of first round picks on top of that. Mm. That's going to really just completely mortgage your future as well. So this team that you're building, you must think that it's already complete. If you're also willing on, you know, to pass up multiple first round picks for your future as well. Good old Miami, man. Sorry about your luck, Miami fans. I don't know, man. It's going to get a lot worse. It might get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. That's for sure. How about the Carolina Panthers in this situation? Because they're rumored to go after Watson. And now it, it, it's more intriguing with the fact that uh, Sam Darnold was benched this past week against the New York Giants. And I'm, I'm at a loss with what the hell is going on in Carolina. You know me. I was an advocate hardcore for Joe Brady, Matt Rule, and Sam Darnold, all three of them together. And, and you had to eat crow and saying that you weren't happy uh, about them getting them. And then he was performing three and oh, now it's uh, mm-hmm. four losses in a row. Now I look like the idiot. Now you look like, look like the genius again. What the fuck is going on in Carolina? Because I mean, this is this is like literally top of the mountain falling all the way down. And it's not just Sam Darnold, but PJ Walker came in a relief and he didn't play any better as well. No, I didn't. mean, there was that one game last year when 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 PJ Walker did start and he looked phenomenal. DJ Moore was getting all sorts of targets. PJ Walker was, you know, he was looking like that MVP candidate back with the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL and everything was going well. And then he came in on Sunday and he was just, he just took a turd all over the field right next to where Sam Darnold dropped his turd as well. But yeah, I mean, the the team just looked awful. Yeah. DJ Moore had his game. Don't get me wrong. Um, Can we talk about Robbie Anderson and how he's just completely disappeared from this team this season? Yeah. Talk it up, man, because you know what I see? It's it, it, it's it's so frustrating because his drop problems, his separation problems, they're not going deep anymore. Um, like all of it together, like, OK, I get it. CMC's not there, so there's no fear of the check down or the run game. But the drops now, man, it's almost like it, it's become a, a, a allergic reaction to all their wide receivers coming from Robbie Anderson because DJ Moore has been dropping balls like crazy. They're not even using. I mean, is that rookie Terrace Marshall injured? Because you know what? I haven't seen anything. And what the hell is going on here? Robbie Anderson, he looks absolutely horrible. Robbie Anderson is second in the league uh, among wide receivers in drops right only behind Debo Samuel and Debo has like 15 more targets than uh, than Robbie Anderson does. So, yeah, I mean, that's obviously been a big, big issue for them. I also think that the absence of CMC isn't helping, you know, Chuba has been doing his thing to kind of, you know, fill that void. He didn't have a great game, you know, on Sunday. So I think CMC missing is certainly hurting the team. but I don't you know, know. what I, mean, I actually, as we talk about this, I actually have the answer to what's wrong with uh, Robbie Anderson. He never succeeded with Sam Darnold in New York either. What was his best year in New York? It was like 700 yards, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they just could never get on the same page. Yeah, they had blow up plays, but they were never consistent. And I think 
as we saw Robbie grow in this offense, the consistency just continues to fall down with Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah, I think, that's, I think you're absolutely right. The one silver lining is uh, your, your boy Tommy Tremble had a couple of catches. See what I'm saying? He didn't drop any balls. It's coming, man. He doesn't drop anything. That guy's solid as a rock like he's doing a 69. But, hey, you know what? It is how it is in Carolina. Do you really think that they're um, – do you really think they're going to go after Watson? I, I I really struggle with this. I think, I, think it's, I think it's between Denver – and Miami, to be honest with you, I think I think Carolina Denver. is the wild card. I think I think I think Carolina is like that number three team out, outside of it. But I do think it's Denver or Miami. Whoa, Denver in the mix. We don't even see them talking about him anymore. Interesting stuff. And they should be because obviously Drew Locke's not the answer. Teddy Two Gloves has been. Meh. No, he's been you worse. Throw, than you, that. you throw you throw Deshaun in there. Oh, Baba. Oh. <laughs> It's going to be a good one. For, what about Philly? Philly's been in the cards for this, and, I mean, it would include Hurts, and they got three first-round picks coming with how Carson Wentz is starting every game for them lately. I mean, in mm-hmm. Philly, I wouldn't hate that either. I think that would be an absolute uh, massive upgrade. Yep, I still think Philly finishes last in that division, even with Deshaun Watson. I said it in the offseason. I'm saying it now. Whoa. Oh, man. Yeah. I think that organization is just an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, I get you. But, man, you're going to, you better lock your doors, man, because the Philly fans, they're going to be breaking down. You're just bashing them all the time, every opportunity you can get. Well, be better, Philly. Be better, and then I won't bash you. I love the answer. Just be better. You know, suck it up, man. Be better. Speaking of those Philadelphia Eagles, reports out there are suggesting that Gardner Minshew is going to be getting some starts this season, and why am I not surprised? So here's the thing. we, You guys, if you listen to the show, you understand my criticism of Jalen Hurts since he came into the NFL, and it wasn't that I didn't say that he couldn't turn in to something of a very good quarterback in this league. I didn't say any of that. What I said was his passing aptitude had needed a lot of work and now all of a sudden everybody's saying oh I understand what you were saying now because everybody has saw a tape on him you know the first five games of the season or uh, last five games of the season last year nobody had any freaking tape man he was able to do what he wants to do now you're seeing what Jalen Hurts truly is in the past game good stat for you you're a statistician man here I'll give you a good stat you want to hear this one I'm, I'm, I'm breaking oh, out man. the stats let's go oh baby Hertz has scored 43% of his fantasy points in the fourth quarter and garbage time. What does that say to you about Jalen Hurts? Uh, that says that he is the number two overall fantasy quarterback in all of the leagues that I own him in. Wrong. That's wrong. You cannot flip it to a positive. This means that he sucks based on regular play, and he's only getting the dumpster fire points, man. So let's call oh, it I- I completely agree with you. I completely agree that he is not a good real life quarterback, but I need him to be good <laughs> enough or just not shitty enough sure. to where he keeps playing and keeps giving me 20 plus fantasy points a week. That's what I need from this man. It's ridiculous, man, because as much as we dissect this game, we watch the film, we look at all the reports, we do all this research, and this motherfucker is getting you 25 points based on garbage time and he's the second best quarterback in fantasy sports right now it's he's literally six points behind tom brady for being the number one overall fantasy quarterback for a guy that throws at least two interceptions a game it's it's and has won his team two games it's ridiculous man I, i have no answers this is i don't remember anything outside of maybe kyler murray but murray's team was still winning to some degree and competing the eagles just look horrible all over the place 
Uh, they look they look absolutely terrible. And it, at some point, you know, and I think this is what a lot of it is, is that the the Philadelphia Eagles are not committed to Miles Sanders. They're not committed to actually letting him run the ball and trying to establish some sort of a run game outside of Jalen Hurts. But at some point, Kenneth Gainwell is going to probably have a 50-50 split in this backfield with Sanders like we saw last week. And he's getting involved a lot more in the passing work as well. So that that kind of concerns me a little bit because I got Sanders in some dynasty leagues. So you're going to have to run for the hills because this is what I know today. And and because Miles got hurt, he got carted off the field, the ankle, mm-hmm. and they're, they're not saying whether or not he's going to play yet this week. I, I'm saying he won't. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm saying that he won't. But to see how the minute that Sanders went down, look at the usage Gainwell got. And, and remember, we spoke about yeah. this a few weeks ago, right? When I said they don't want to pay Miles, and, and he's on contract here, if I'm not mistaken. They don't want to pay this man. And, and now they need to see what they have in Kenny. This is the perfect opportunity to say, hey, Miles, you hurt your ankle, dude. We got to move on without you. I would not be shocked if we see 15 to 18 touches for Gainwell this week. And you know what? I wouldn't either. I mean, based on what you just said there, I think I think that's perfectly fine. You know, um, and if Philly doesn't bring back Sanders, let him go to a team, you know, that doesn't necessarily pay him, but at least gives him that opportunity. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there right now, and I, I hope you are happy with this. I would love to see Miles Sanders as the lead back for the Buffalo Bills. I was just, you read my mind. Why wouldn't we want to see that? That's gorgeous. And that they would finally run the freaking ball. Yep. Because right now, when you're looking at that division, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want him to go to the Jets because that would just be an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. Miami would actually be a really good fit for him as well. Sure, you it know? would. Yep, I agree. You know, so there's some teams out there that could use somebody like that, ha- that could use... A, Sanders skill set because the guy's a talented running back. He just needs the opportunity and he's not getting it right now in Philly. And of course, with this injury, he may not get it. See, and, and people are going to say, Chris, you're stupid because the bills don't run the ball either. And it's like, yo, he's not stupid. He's very intelligent because the bills do it by, by fact that they don't have a good running back. The Eagles are doing it by choice. They have two good running backs and they just don't run the ball. There's a big difference there. Oh, it's a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, and the reason why a team may not run the ball is because they don't believe in the running backs that they currently have, much like what we saw within the Bills in last postseason. It, there was no running game because they weren't confident enough in Singletary and Moss to make sure that they were getting that done. So you give a capable running back the ball. Yeah. Then the team's rushing attempts start to increase. You see, folks, that's how football works. See, quick schooling of education by Professor Chris Kennedy. I mean, this is a new segment. Hey, we just got a new segment. Professor Kennedy. Yeah. School. This segment is brought to you by beer. (laughs) How about Jamar Chase's ass, man? This guy, he is just, man, I still, I go back and I remember Mm. our scouting report of Jamar and we had nothing but glowing things to say about this man, you know, and, and as we were moving into the season, I mean, it was, uh, uh, the off season was still going and we were ranking our dynasty. And I just, I, every single dynasty show I did it, his, his trend just continued. I said, I can't move him up anymore. He's already on like ceiling level. Like this is how good he is. And he's showing it. He's uh, he absolutely dismantled the Ravens this week. And I mean, that was a big statement game. Um, but I mean, what does this do? The rate, are we talking to first? Let's talk. I'm getting confused. I want to talk about both teams because I think it's important conversation. The Bengals, are they for real based on beating Baltimore? I think is kind of where I want to start this one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think so. And the one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm looking back right now at my notes from when we did the scouting report, and mm. I, we both had him ranked higher than any other wide receiver in this class, even after he opted up for the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. What he did in college against cornerbacks like C.J. Henderson, Trayvon Diggs, who's now blowing up with Dallas right now, A.J. Terrell, J.C. Horn, like it's it's crazy to now see him do that to professional cornerbacks and defenders in the NFL and almost doing it with ease because he was knocked so hard in the preseason and in training camp for just like, you know, uh, well, it's going to take him a while to get going. You know, he's not, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And now it's, he's almost a clear cut offensive rookie of the year after seven weeks. It's insane. And and this is yeah. why we, te- how many times have we told the general public that listen to us, Calm down. Don't take anything the media says like wholeheartedly right away. Let it play out a little bit, especially in these situations. Jamar Chase is a dog, man. Did you see that play? He catch, he caught the ball, makes that spin move, and just takes mm-hmm. it. Like that shit is special. Like legit special talent. My 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 th- uh, things were like uh, I can't even remember, man. I was just I was looking at my list, and it was just gleaming reviews of everything this man is. But, I mean, this Bengals team, man, Joe Burrow, the offensive line is looking better. The defense stepped up. That that, that kid they signed from uh, New Orleans with Henderson, he was freaking rushing, bum-rushing Lamar all day long. This team looks good, man. They, they look very good, not just on paper anymore, but on field. They look really good. I mean, and it's nice to see, especially the offensive line. Like, they were able to keep Joe Burrow upright. He only got sacked once. Like, yeah, he was getting pressured a little bit here and there, but he was able to stay clean for the most part. And I mean, when you're going up against a defense like Baltimore, you know, they have talented cornerbacks. Um, and the one thing that I like the most, you know, you have Marlon Humphrey, uh, Jimmy Smith is, you know, he's, he's, he's there. Tavon Young is there. So for the fact that Jamar Chase just absolutely dismantled this secondary mm. was what was super impressive to me. And I remember when we did the, the first down report, I had him as a top 15 dynasty wide receiver for me. And that was too low. I mean, right now he's, he's gotta be top five, top three, maybe dynasty wide receivers at this point. Easy. No question. He's definitely top five in my opinion, because he's just, he's showing, he's telling everybody you want to fade me. I'll show you, man. I'll show you what I can do. But I mean, nevertheless, everything is rounding out and now you got Higgins and Boyd. I mean, Higgins is still becoming a target pig. He had like 15 targets last week, still didn't Mm. find the end zone. But I mean, it's a frustrating piece. I did my trends video for all the YouTube and uh, Patreon members this week coming out. I think Higgins is on my list. So stay tuned for that. But I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, man. So what are we thinking here? Because you know what I was, maybe I oversold the Ravens a little bit because I was gushing after they beat and were winning and killing teams and coming back. And you know, Lamar could do no wrong. And, and there, this is, this is the Baltimore Ravens. I remember. And, and I, and I always have to pull back a little bit because when you rush Lamar Jackson, the way that Cincinnati came with the rush and it was with the four clogging up his ways to find his lanes. It's almost like you got to play contain while you're rushing him. That way he can't get out. And that's what frustrates him. But he does have the, he's shown the arm. He's shown the accuracy and he has more weapons. Now I went back and watched this game and I still don't understand what was going through his head on, on a lot of these plays because they just couldn't get it going at all offensively. So was this the anomaly or is this to say, you know what? Cincinnati kind of gave a blueprint again to what, how, how to beat Baltimore. 
I do think it's an anomaly to be honest with you, because there have been so many times before where people are, you know, people think, yeah, you know, teams have figured out Lamar Jackson. They figured out Lamar Jackson. And you look at him this season with the exception of this past Sunday, and they haven't figured him out. Like he's found a way to almost figure them out and to adapt and to adjust to what defenses are doing to him, which we didn't really see, you know, the first couple of years that he was in the league. It's like, it's like now he's, he's not just becoming this running quarterback. He's becoming an actual NFL passing quarterback. And he's starting to really figure out defenses. Yeah. I, I can't hate it. And I, I... I'm trying to see where I sit here with this one because I like Lamar. I I, I really do want to see him succeed. I've never been a hater of him. I just I only called it as I saw it, and and you know as I saw it, he wasn't a capable passer. Like I'm talking about Jalen Hurts right now. I want to see vast mm-hmm. improvement in the yep. pass game. Um, but I mean, this game was very interesting to me because maybe maybe it's me underselling the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe that's what it is. Um, because I mean, you see them struggle versus the Jaguars and then they go and blow out the freaking Baltimore Ravens. I get it. It's a week to week league, but shit like that should not be happening within the, the count of seven days. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It just should not be happening. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, can I, uh, can I give you a quick pop quiz? Cause I just, I was just looking up some, some numbers now and Ooh. I want to see if you can get this answer. Oh, let's, let's do this. I like quizzes. All right. Since week four. Who is the number two overall scoring fantasy tight end behind Mark Andrews? Oh, oh, Dawson Knox. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a gentleman that was part of that same Baltimore Cincy game, and it is CJ Uzoma. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> the number two overall Rick. tight end since week four, Ridiculous. averaging fourteen and a half half PPR points at a total of fifty eight point two. See, and that's when you know when offense is feeling themselves when they can turn a tight end who is not necessarily a playmaker into a damn playmaker, <laughs> man. That's that's when you know they're just feeling it, man. They're, they can move this ball in every direction. They're running the ball well, and now the tight end is is legit the afterthought. That that second tight end he had, or touchdown he had was was blown coverage. He was wide open. Yeah, I mean that 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 since week four, the top tight ends are Andrews, Uzoma, Gasicki, Pitts, Henry, and Fant. Tell me who doesn't belong in that list. I mean, good God. He's the new Travis Kelsey, man. He's replaced him. Holy moly, man. You know what? We got another good one. And this is a great topic. I had some conversations with my friends. And I still don't know how to feel about this one. Brandon Ayuk. Okay, we get it. Okay, everything that's going Mm. on with Brandon Ayuk. My issue is here, the more I thought about this, the more confused I got, okay? And and even the discussion I had, the more confused I got. 2020 numbers, he goes 60 for 748 and five touchdowns in a COVID year, no training camp, rookie wide receiver. Those are great numbers for a rookie without even a good quarterback, okay? That's Jimmy Garoppolo. This year, he is told that he needs to learn how to be a pro. He needs to learn how to play the pro game. What exactly does Kyle Shanahan want him to do is the question that I'm still baffled. Throw him the ball. See what he can do on the field. I mean, what are we automatically saying and suggesting that all of a sudden he's just going to start dropping passes? We haven't seen that this year. The passes that he has got, he's caught them. Why? Explain this to me. Why? And and further on that, sorry, I'll, I'll jump in before I let you go. What do you think this is doing to the man's confidence? You're, you're basically publicly telling everybody 
he sucks and he has to improve this underlining. This is what you're telling the guy. What do you think it's doing to him? Why? And, and subsequently, they're losing, dude. The, the 49ers are in grave trouble now. Why is this happening, Chris? So before I answer why it's happening, because I'm still trying to figure that out, um, Kyle Shanahan came out with a quote. Um, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, oh. pretty much about Ayuk saying, I love, I love the kid, but I need to see the grind. He needs to see him grind more and really like put in the work. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, that's on you just said publicly. So of course we're talking about confidence. That's not going to help the confidence at all because you pretty much just called him lazy, you know, yeah, in, in so many words, you, you call the man lazy in front of everybody else. Um, Cause we saw what he did last year, you know, now it's Debo Samuel that's getting this opportunity. I mean, imagine if they actually put in the number of targets to Ayuk that they're giving to Samuel and they're incorporating him and making him a focal part of the offense, you know, Jimmy G could get away with being a, a below average quarterback. You know, if these two were both being involved more, you know, um, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's confusing Baffling. because they have the, they have the talent around them. You know, you have Kittle who's underperforming, of course, you know, you have the, 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 the carousel at running back. Eli Mitchell is starting to play much better, you know, and then you have these two really good young wide receivers just and you have a young quarterback, you know, with Trey Lance, once he gets healthy and is able to really start improving, mm -hmm. this is an offense that can really do a lot of damage, which they have to do, considering that they're playing in one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest division in the NFL right now in that NFC West. It's insane. And and I don't get it. Even even if so, here's the thing. We how many times man, me and you have been watching football for years. I mean, it's 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 almost another lifetime we've been watching football. I have. Never I mean, you've been watching longer than I have because you're older than I am. So. Sure. Why you gotta do that, man? We're almost the same age, man. Stop <laughs> messing around, you son of a bitch, man. Stop cutting me down today. You're hurting feelings over here. God. Where is my train of thought? Ayuk, man. So, <laughs> you see what you do to me, man. You get me all flustered. If we were in front of a live just audience, call, just call me Kyle Shanahan. This is yeah, tough man. Love. You just took my confidence away. God, unbelievable. Just call me lazy on on the show. But I mean, you know, here's the thing. We've we've seen how much football over our lifetime. I've never seen a situation like this. Mm. And, 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 I'll, and I'll put it this way. We've seen how many times where a wide receiver will practice like shit, play like shit, and then he gets benched. And then that's the reason he doesn't practice. Well, he's not playing well. He's not playing. This is a situation where he's saying he's not practicing well. I want to see more grind but you're not letting him try it in the game. Some guys don't practice. I played with guys who didn't even stretch properly, who practice like they didn't even want to be there. Come Sunday or Saturday when we played, they were lights out, man. They were the best player on the team, and the coaches just, you know, they, they had to accept it. So is this a little bit too much of old school in Kyle Shanahan's head from his dad saying, you got to practice this way to play it for me, otherwise I'm, you're not in my favor? Yeah, I could see this being a little bit more, you know, hard headed and just kind of like my way, the highway kind of a situation here, because you see the talent, you know, like there's unless there's something underlying that's going on that we don't know about, you know, like, you know, Ayuk said something really bad about Shanahan's mom or, or something or, or he's got know, nudie but, pictures of his wife or something that he personally took. Yeah, then, yeah, I could see there being a little bit of an issue there of doing but, a 69. <laughs> Probably. I mean, at this point, who knows? Who knows? But, 
I think that I, I think Shanahan needs to give him the benefit of the doubt. And again, maybe he has and something like something is going on and we don't know about it. Um, but just from what Shanahan has said, it's not enough for me personally. Like I, it, it almost feels personal to uh, for what's going on here. Yeah, it does. I agree. He did something to someone that was inappropriate. And guess what? You guys lost out on what a third round pit draft pick this, uh, this summer. I mean, third or fourth round pick on Ayuk. I mean, it's good investment, man. How are you guys feeling? You guys need some help out there. You know, give me a DM on Twitter and you know, we'll talk it out, man. You know, I, I understand depression. This is a big one. Who's we, who's talking. What? <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm not talking about anything. Just stop it, man. You know, you, you drive me crazy today, man. You're drinking too much over there. Put that shit down. The rumor mill, Chris. Did you hear about this? I'm another, not, no, but I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I'm having another sip right now. You go have another sip. The rumor mill has it, man. The Washington football team may have a new owner. Did you hear this? No, I did hear that um, there were uh, there were two women that were part of the, the investigation uh, who wrote letters and handed them out to all 32 owners of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've, I've heard up to that part, but I have not heard about any sort of removal for uh, the, the Washington owner. So there is one individual that I've seen linked so far, and that is Mr. Jeff Bezos, Mr. Amazon. And it would not surprise me that the NFL would go to him, one of the richest men in the world and saying, Hey, you got deep pockets. This is like a speeding ticket for you. Get us out of this situation so that you can buy this club and get Dan Snyder the hell out of here. But I wanted to say, if that does happen, everybody give yourselves a good pat on the back because in some respect, you guys helped Bezos get this team. If he gets it because of all your Amazon purchases, well done, you bunch of I want to I want to own a team. Can I invent an Amazon and be an owner of a team? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like the uh, that um, that meme that I sent to you guys a little bit earlier in our in our group chat about Elon Musk, his yeah. net worth being around two hundred and eighty eight billion dollars, which is enough to buy every single major, major team in the four yeah. professional sports, every freaking yeah. one of them. Ridiculous. Um, and honestly, I can't stand Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, so I'd rather neither of them own a, a professional sports team. Yeah, I get it. I just want to bring it up. I thought it was kind of funny, but if he does get it, man, you know, all you guys are to blame because you guys continue to use Amazon, especially during COVID when you're locked up and you don't like to go to the grocery store and shop for your own groceries anymore. But hey, teach their own. I actually do not shop on Amazon anymore because of where I live. Uh, Amazon Prime isn't really a thing. Like it says guaranteed two-day delivery. Nope, it still takes like a week for us. (laughs) So that like 100 bucks a year that you're spending or whatever is just free money to uh, to Bezos. There you go, man. There you go. A little bit of humor in that sense. We already discussed Miles Center is going to see some injuries. Not much on the wire. OBJ, his injured shoulder. He's saying he's not going to opt out for season-ending surgery. I'm at the point of saying, hey, man, maybe you should because you're not playing very well. And every you saw him, he, he hit the ground on that shoulder. Apparently, both shoulders are hurt. So, I mean, it's, mm. time to, it's time to move on from OBJ at this point. I think so, which is too unfortunate because the guys you – know, and people keep saying, oh, well, he's only talented because of that one catch. Like, no, if you watch him play, he's got talent out the wazoo. For days, for he, days. He's just got to stay healthy. And I do think that a new situation will be really good for him. Whether or not he can stay healthy, I don't know. But I just think Cleveland's not working out for him right now. Yeah, it's not at all. 
Duke Johnson, we got some headlines. He goes and signs with the fish. The Miami Dolphins bring him in. I think it was because of the Malcolm Brown injury to his calf or his uh, quad. Can't remember what she hurt, but I mean, hey, remember, this was one of your teams. You pegged Duke to go to back in the offseason when we were talking about him. And look, you, you're just hitting everything on the head today, man. I mean, well, let's see if it actually works out and then how much they actually use him, because we all know about Duke Johnson's history of being underutilized in every NFL situation that he's been with. Yeah, so I think he'll never see off that practice squad based on how they roll. So up yeah, or he'll for... get his five touches a game. That's it. And, and this yeah. is an uptick for my boy Salvin Ahmad. So woo, things are on the rise, on the rise more ways than one. I mean, just enough. Like, the Gaskin experiment is just it's it's over. It's OK, Let, let's yeah, just let's move on from Gaskin and just realize that he's not going to be your guy. You know what I'd like Gaskin to be your third down back, your PPR back. That, he, sure. That's a great absolutely. role for him. That's fine. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Yep. The New York football Jets, the goddamn Jets. They go and trade for Joe Flacco back again, dude, because Zach Wilson is out due to four. And it's like, you know, why don't you just bring Adam Gase back? Like, I get it, man. It's you need a quarterback. But this, that, that white kid looked good. Why not just roll with him? Yeah, I mean, I, and again, we don't know how long Zach Wilson is going to be out for two to um, four, two to four. So, all right. So two to four weeks. Like, why? Why Flacco? Like, do you really think that he's going to help salvage your season? Just use your backup, whoever the hell it might be. So that way you don't have to pay more money to another another quarterback. And just roll with it, okay? Like, get a better draft pick going into the next season. You're going to be fine. Why don't you go sign Cam Newton, then? Cam Newton would want too much money. (laughs) Cam would want too much money. And it's mid-season, man. He could pay him, Mm -hmm. what, 150, 250 grand? It would have been fine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just, Just roll with what you have and stop spending money that you don't need to spend. Good God, Flacco. You know what Flacco does, though? You know what I'm excited about with Flacco in this offense that that I wasn't seeing with Zach Wilson so far? More, more interceptions. That's part of it. But, but I mean, more garbage time. But the evolution now that will be Michael Carter because Joe Flacco can mm. still throw, he can still throw the deep ball. He'll make the defenses honest and he yep. will have something of a captain check down in him. So, I, I, for that perspective, for Michael Carter, go buy, go buy those shares, baby. Michael Carter. And hey, maybe he'll be able to rekindle that, uh, that little chemistry he had in his short stint with the Jets before with Jameson Crowder. Like, mm. like come on. Come on a little bit more. Let's get in the targets. I like it. I don't see. We can make anything positive if we just put our minds to it. Joe Flacco. Joey. All, all, Joe. all it takes is Joe Flacco to make that happen. Joey Jojo, man. Games of the week, man. Thursday night football is turning out. It was going to be a glorious show between the Packers and the Cardinals. Not anymore Not because anymore. COVID has hit this Packer team, man. Devontae's gone. Alan Lizard is gone. I mean, Dude, this is this is big problems. Um, I mean, Amari Rogers, wide receiver one. Boom! See what I'm saying? Remember when I called him rookie of the year? Here we go. It's it's the first <laughs> week we get to see it. I'm I'm excited. Okay, so who gets more targets? Amari Rogers or Randall Cobb? It's gonna be Randall Cobb. <laughs> I'll okay. be honest. It'll be Randall Cobb. Who gets who gets more yards though? Amari Rogers. There you go. I think that's how it's going to go. It's going to be Tanya. It's going to be Cobb. And then Amari's just going to go. Right a lot down. of check downs to Aaron Jones. That's how it's going to be. I'm telling you, when I when I saw uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, passing yard prop earlier today, I mm. smashed that under. I think it was like 262 or 265 and a half. And I was like, 
that's going to be under. Cause I think he's only hit the over twice so far this season of that yardage. And without his, you know, top two receivers, I'm like, I'm going to hit the under on that real quick. And the Cardinals are getting Chandler Jones back from the COVID. And I mean, oh, watch out. And I believe it is in it's in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the second that the news came out that Devontae Adams was going to miss the game and then also Alan Lazard. Um, I don't think Jake could have gone six to midnight any faster. <laughs> like he, immediately he was like, oh, eight, no. Ain't no, yeah. <laughs> with with the eggplant emoji. That's it, man. The, the spread went from three and a negative three and a half to negative six within like minutes of of Adams being called out. So interesting stuff, man. If if I don't know, man, if you guys are hurting for wide receivers, I do not hate the Amari uh, pick up and play if you're really hurting for it. But temper the expectation. It is high risk, high reward. But I'm I'm never going to stop promoting my man uh, Amari Rogers. Yeah, and also uh, MVS is also, I believe, not quite ready to come off of IR. So they're also, that's another weapon that they probably could be without again this week. Yeah, so even St. Brown, I think, got some playing time last week. So he probably gets the first step above Amari. But hey, man, if you're desperate, if you're two and five, you need some, uh, you know, super high upside, that that could be there. But I mean, you want to play a new game? Let's play a new game today. Ball's got to go somewhere, right? Oh, they got to go somewhere. I didn't hear you. What'd you say? I said hashtag 69. Oh, I knew it was coming, but you, you, you man, that, see, it didn't work because your mic went out on you. Oh, maybe it did. I don't well, know. Well, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do about it now. I'm not going to go back and redo it. <laughs> Let's play a new game, man. Fire sell since we are week eight of the football season. These uh, fantasy teams, man, you guys need help. I need help. Everybody needs help because it was the bipocalypse, the injuries. And I mean, Shit's not going to get any easier with an extra week of the season. So, Chris, let's end this out on fantasy football buy or sell. Jalen Hurts. What are we doing with that, man? Oh, I'm st- I'm I'm not buying him because you're not going to you're going to have to overpay for him. Um, so for me, if I'm hurting it like running back receiver, I'm going to sell Jalen Hurts for a king's ransom. And I'm going to get something in an area where I have to start more than one position, more than one player at that particular position. I like how you just emphatically were like, I'm selling his ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I love the man for what he's doing for my teams, you know. (laughs) But if I can get if I can get, you know, a couple of solid running backs or a couple of solid wide receivers, you know, I don't mind streaming quarterback. I don't want to stream running back and wide receiver. I hear you. It's a tough life. You do it that way. Patrick Mahomes, you buying or selling? I don't, I want to buy, but I think people are still going to be wanting a kin, like a, a good amount in return for him because of that name recognition, you know? So it's going to be tough. Like you, if you sell them, you're probably not going to get a ton, but if you can't really buy them, so I'm holding. I'm not going to buy or sell them. That's not an option. There's no option. It's only buy or sell. Buy or sell. Oh, good God. Okay. I'm, I'm buying. I would buy too. I, I, I think that I you think know, I'd buy. I think I will buy too. And I, I mean, you might have to stick it out a couple of weeks, but have a backup plan ready if you're definitely buying. But I mean, for the right price, I, I'm with you. Don't go and sell the farm for, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes at this point. No. Joey Jojo Burrow. Joey Burrow, I'm buying right now because mm. I think that a lot of people, they, you know, yeah, he had the good game this past week. He's starting to trend upwards a little bit, but I think people might still be a little bit wary about him. So I think you could still get him at a fairly good deal. 
Um, again, I'm not someone that likes to trade for quarterbacks, but if you are, I think he's definitely a buy candidate. I'm in it for buy too, man. I think, you know, even, even if you do get a few games of inadequate play because they're still trying to learn, man, Jamar Chase has just lifted this offense to a whole new level and Burrow looks comfortable like he's national championship LSU quality right now. Definitely going by Khalil Herbert, my guy, man. What are you doing with Khalil right now? Oh, I'm buying the crap out of this man right here. I mean, you called it weeks ago and it took me a little bit to get on board. But even when David Montgomery comes back, Herbert is going to have himself a role. He has carved out a role with this offense, overtaking Williams, you know, as that as that guy. So, yeah, give me give me the Herbert. Herbie, man, well, there's too many Herberts in the league. now. Give me the herpes. <laughs> give me the, a new T-shirt, new hashtag. Hashtag. Give me the Herbie's Herbert. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. CH, I'm buying. I'm buying him. Um, Because before he went down with his injury, he had a couple of really nice back-to-back weeks where we were starting to see him get back to that form we saw last year. So for me, I think this is a really nice buy-low candidate. I don't hate that. I mean, you're likely going to get him for pennies on the dollar at this point. So the team that lost him and was holding him, I mean, I don't hate that. I I just, I don't want to overpay whatsoever. Basement dollar for CEH and I'm in. Kareem Hunt, buy or sell? Kareem Hunt, I'm also buying. Absolutely. Yep. I think once he comes back, he's going to pick up right where he left off. And I think you could get him at a good discount right now, especially if there's a team that's kind of desperate for, you know, that fill-in person right now. If someone's given me the right offer for Kareem Hunt, I'm selling all day long right now because you can give off that name recognition. As long as you have running backs in the stable, I'm good to ship them out. But you have to get the right return because we know what Kareem's been doing. And I mean, it's a long season still. It's only week eight. So I I don't hate the buy or the sell at this point. Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell, I'm buying. You know, I was a little bit down on him earlier in the year. I did think that Trey Sermon was going to come in and kind of take over that backfield a little bit. Um, but Mitchell has really been improving and he's definitely been impressing me. So I think he's someone that would absolutely be trying to buy any fears of Jeffrey Wilson coming back and taking some of his job. I think Wilson would certainly get there as far as the goal line carries are concerned, because that was his job last year. Um, but that is kind of it for me right there as yeah, far as the concern. It's true. And I mean, I was thinking about it too. I, I like what it's doing because uh, you can see Sermon doesn't have a role on this offense, basically like Ayuk. So apparently they did something to his wife. I don't know what they did, but ouch, it sucks. But I mean, that you had to do with, with the number 69. It had to do with 69. <laughs> oh man, this show, we're going to get banned from iTunes. I'm telling you, Stefan Diggs. What are you doing? With my boy, Stefan. Oh, Stefan Diggs. I am buying this man this is this is someone who's barely inside the top 20 fantasy wide receivers right now and he's too good of a talent to not turn it around this offense is high powered they're going to score a lot of points it's going to get figured out so you buy yourself some stefan Diggs right now especially if their current owner is probably freaking out right now thinking what the hell is wrong with him i like it. i love it and and you know who else i'm putting in there his his teammate emmanuel manny dig or sanders mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Buy, you buy Manny because Manny has seen nothing less than five targets with a max of eight so far this season. He is part of this offense. This is why Gabe Davis does not see the field because of Manny Sanders. That's very true, and it hurts the the shares that I have of of Gabe Davis. But you're absolutely right. You know, Manny Sanders, while he's not going to replicate 
you know, that three touchdown performance he had a few weeks ago, he is a mainstay in this offense. And he is that number two guy for, for Josh Allen. Am I personally looking to buy him? Probably not, but I do think that, you know, he's somebody that is going to continue to show consistency. And if you see the Buffalo Bills schedule versus wide receivers, damn it. I just had it in front of me. Now it's gone. But it is very good. <laughs> Take my word for it. They see nobody really upside the 18th rank. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that is actually true. The only thing that I will say with the Bills um, and some trouble that they might have uh, throughout the season is you still got to play the Patriots twice. Oh, that's an easy win. Yeah, no, no. Put those, um, put those guys- W's and check marks right now, man. No problem. The, t- the tough games that you guys do have coming up, um, the Colts could be a little bit of an issue. I think that could be that could be a troublesome game. Um, you do have the Buccaneers, the Panthers, depending on what that defense looks like, you know, in December. Not anymore um, for me. Not anymore. No, not anymore. I can't well, then the I Colts and the Bucks probably it. The Saints, maybe, but other than that, you guys pretty much have a cakewalk. Yeah, man. And this is what I'm saying. You go and buy up Sanders, you buy up Diggs, you're you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Michael, Michael, mother effing Pittman. Oh, Michael Pittman, I'm going to buy this man. Yeah, up absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The way that he and he and Wentz have been clicking, absolutely. I know we talked about him. We did. Allen Robinson. Just buy or sell? Can I get his drop in answer? No, man. Like, it's buy or sell. Would you even buy this fool right now? Yes, is like if I, if if I only had to give up like my kicker or my defense, then sure, you're likely will. <laughs> That's kind of where it's at right now. Unless DJ, that kicker, unless that kicker is like Koo or Butker or Bass, or Bass no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving up any of those guys. Pretty sad Robinson when right your now. kicker has more value than Allen Robinson at this I'll, point. I'll man. give, I'll give you the Washington Football Team defense in, yeah, in exchange man. for Robinson. Fair trade, man. I love it. DJ Moore, man, this guy. Ugh, oh God, this... I want to buy the crap out of him, but I know. I won't be able to afford him. You want to buy so, right now? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know DJ his value's Moore. down. So I mean, it's gonna be great return on investment. I mean, with with DJ Moore, this this man is just gonna continue, continue to produce. This is somebody who I've been super high on since his rookie year. I've been talking him up, and I just I think that he. I mean, I would love to own him on every team that I have. So I have him on many teams because Sam Darnold and my love for this move this offseason. So I kind of hurt myself as things start to fall apart. But now I'm hoping Deshaun Watson gets traded to this team because that would make me a championship contender instantly because DJ Moore would put up like 85 points a game. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, DJ Moore is still almost a, a top 10 fantasy wide receiver right now. I mean, he struggled, you know, the last three weeks of the season, but before that he was putting up like 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is a team that's just going to have to figure it out. I think DJ Moore is still going to get the targets because I mean, until CMC comes back, there's no one else on this offense that's getting the targets, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's DJ Moore and that's it. You know what? I don't understand why they stopped using him in the backfield. It was working. It was to perfection. I mean, with, with rule and Brady, like you guys got to figure it out. You have enough offensive minds there where you got to just, figure out what the hell you're doing and go back to basics. It was weird, man. Like it was working. It was perfect. He was getting the PPR. He was fine. And, and then they just cut it off these last two weeks. And I'm like, why would you do that? I mean, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe they come back to it in a few weeks. I hope I have no, in a few weeks, CMC will be back. And that's just, I don't like it. I don't like what's going on. 
Anything pressing on your mind that you want to get off your chest, my man? Mm. Anybody hurt your feelings? Anybody give you a crook eye? Someone you want to fight? I'm sorry. Could could you imagine me in a fight? (laughs) You know how terribly awful that would go for me? (laughs) That's when you jump up and you give them the, the undercut jab to the chin. Can I get I a stool even, even, for this fight? Yeah, and even, even then I might need a phone book just to reach for <laughs> their chin. Yeah, man. I got stools. I just jump like Karate Kid off. Boom. Nope. Just going to get through this uh, Get through this little nor- Nor'eastern that we're going to have, you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, and just, you know, pretty much what I'm doing is in between Sundays is I am, um, I'm pretty much just playing a whole bunch of NBA prize picks just to like, make sure I still get some kind of like gambling action until Sunday. Nice. Yeah. So the yeah. gambling has now become a problem. I mean, you say problem, I say passion, but <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes. Passion is a great way to put it, man. I was going to even go as far as say recreational activity. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is a passion of mine that I'm very passionate about. Who's and, knocking uh, on your door right now asking for rent that you don't have? <laughs> Listen, that's that's Bubba. Keep your voice down. Keep your voices down. No, this dude has been killing it. I'm messing around, man. He has like he dropped what like eight bills right now. Uh, as of yesterday, was in the winning column. I'm like, holy! Mm-hmm. You gotta send some over to your boy. You know, I'm I'm kind of. And that was that was I hit on twelve of thirteen picks last night. And if Tyler Lockett had hit his, that would have been an additional eight hundred bucks. So look at this. So guy. far, so good. Listen to this man. He knows his things. I'm tired, man. That's all I got. That's all I got. At least that's all I can think about. It's going to be another good week of football, but until then, we'll close this one out because Jake has an important message. So everybody listen up. Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantracks.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now, fantracks.com slash headliners. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318 to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support. On behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other.